Welcome to the Bible in the News. Thanks for joining us again this week. This is John Billington with you. When it comes to the book of Daniel and chapter 11, Daniel is given a prophecy of what would take place after Cyrus and then after Alexander the Great. The prophecy then focuses on two of Alexander's successors, the Ptolemies and the Seleucids, which are termed the King of the North and the King of the South. The prophecy is so accurate that critics have actually tried to say that it must have been written after the fact. The interesting part for us is that when we come down to verse 40, the prophecy jumps ahead to the time of the end, and still we find the kings of the north and the south are there. The Ptolemies and the Selu- are the Ptolemies and the Seleucids around today, we ask? Of course not. But from God's view, there are people or nations that fulfill this role in the latter days. When we come to another prophecy that deals with the time of the end, the Almighty God openly intervenes on world affairs, and again we find northern and southern powers. And that prophecy is Ezekiel chapter 38. We often discuss it here on the Bible in the News, and extensively in the Bible magazine, especially in relation to the northern confederacy that includes Europe and Russia, uh, which comes down on Israel in that, uh, in that prophecy. This week, because of some of the news, I thought we would focus on the southern power. And if we come to uh, the prophecy of Ezekiel and chapter 38, as we've been talking about, and verse 13, we read the following. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to take away sil- uh, sorry, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? When we read that verse, as with the northern confederacy given to us at the beginning of the chapter, we have to trace some of the names to find out who it is that is uh, being spoken of here that is against or speaking against the uh, leader, uh, Gog, uh, the leader of the northern confederacy. So let's, uh, let's, let's take a moment and uh, look at this. First off, I think the translation of the New English Bible here is helpful when it translates the merchants of Tarshish as the traders of Tarshish, and we will look more at that as we go. Sheba and Dedan, if we come to Genesis 25, verse 2 and 3, are the grandchildren of Abraham and the nephews uh, to Midian. And if we carry on through the scripture, we come to the time of Solomon, we run into the queen of Sheba in Second Chronicles uh, 9 and 1, when she comes up, if you remember, to, uh, to visit Solomon, and she brings with her camels and spices and, uh, and gold. The historian Strabo links Sheba with the Sabaeans who come from South Arabia. When we look at Dedan, who scripture puts together with Sheba, as in the case of uh, Ezekiel here, it is of no surprise that they are seen to be in the same area and they are the nomadic tribes of Arabia, and we get that from Isaiah 21 and verse 13, where it says, The burden upon Arabia, in the forest of Arabia shall ye lodge, O ye traveling companies of Dedanim. This is all, all fairly straightforward, and when we put it in context of the nations today, it would then be expected uh, to be the southern Arab nations, namely Saudi Arabia and the southern Gulf states. But it's also of interest that Persia, today Iran, is found uh, mentioned in the list of nations aligned with none other than the northern power. And here is the news of the week. Saudi Arabia versus Iran. And scripturally, we would not expect it to be any other way. 
If you've not been keeping up with the news, Saudi Arabia has been uh, stirring the pot by executing 47 prisoners, which, if we're honest, is not really a big deal uh, in that part of the world, except when you execute a well-known Shiite cleric, which they did. Sparks have flown and enraged uh, enraged sorry Shia uh, Iranians who have ransacked and set fire to Saudi Arabia's uh, Te- uh, Tehran embassy, which led to the severing of diplomatic relations. In fact, it went further because Saudi Arabia was uh, very upset and um, flights between Iran and Saudi Arabia have been suspended, trade was stopped and uh, travel banned. And today... It's being reported that Iran's embassy in Yemen has been bombed, and everyone is assuming it's the Saudis. So certainly things are not settling down. And as we would expect from the prophecies, Saudi Arabia has a little support from its surrounding allies. Uh, Sudan and Bahrain, I think as you say it, uh, also severed diplomatic ties, while Kuwait pulled its ambassador on uh, Saturday, January the 9th, the following which is today, actually. I put that in case someone's listening later on, but it's today, Saturday, Saturday, January the 9th. The following was reported in the Wall Street Journal. The foreign ministers of the Gulf Cooperation Council, which they uh, shortened down to the GCC, is a six-country bloc comprising Saudi Arabia, the United uh, Arab Emirates, Qatar, Kuwait, Bahrain, and Oman met uh, amid concerns that the spat between the Sunni Saudi Arabia and the Shiite Iran may lead to serious repercussions for other conflicts in the regions. The GCC countries, in a joint statement, urged Iran to respect the principle of good neighborness in words and actions and stop activities that cause instability in the, uh, in the region. Somehow, interestingly from the prophecy, somehow before the Northern Confederacy of Nations comes down on Israel, there's a time of, uh, of peace that's in place in the land of Israel, and specifically the so-called West Bank, which I know today sounds ridiculous, but it's what the prophecy calls for, and you can look at it uh, at Ezekiel 38 and 11. Uh, it's, you won't see this on the written one, but we're going to say it on the, uh, on the audio it's, you know, some people try and say it's you know, living in security or something. The the prophecy is so clear, and it takes it goes to great pains to explain that uh, it's without walls, bars, and gates, etc. So not only does it say a time of peace, but it explains what it means by a time of peace, which is anything the, that you have today, especially in the West Bank. It's all walls, bars, and gates. Um, so how how will this come about? And uh, we're certainly not told. So let's be honest, we don't know. But it will certainly be the case. Could it be that there's a much larger war that's going to happen in the Middle East to bring this about and then settle down? We don't know. Time will tell. But um, the southern powers that uh, are mentioned in Ezekiel 38, uh, we see, as we said, in Saudi Arabia and in the southern Gulf states. But it also says that Tarshish is with them. And that's, again, from the same prophecy of Ezekiel 38. And it's been discussed on this program before and extensively in the Bible magazine. But let's have a quick look because it also relates to the current Saudi-Iran quarrel. Tarshish actually comes up a number of times in the Bible. And when a list of identifying features is, to put, to, uh, is put together, as far as I'm concerned, there's not really a question. From Ezekiel 38 and 13, we've already referred to this, uh, the New English Bible translation. It translates it, the traitors of Tarshish 
with all the young lions thereof. So from there, we're going to take the fact that it's A, a trading power, and B, she has an empire. From the story of Jonah, we know that Tarshish was far away. If you remember, Jonah tries to run from God and gets on a boat destined for Tarshish, where he feels that he can be out of the presence of God. Uh, And also in Isaiah 23, 6 and 7, we get that it is far from the land of Israel. Uh, Isaiah 23, also as you read that, it again tells us that Tarshish is a sea-trading nation, which is, uh, I think, very important in this. From Ezekiel 27 and 12 and Jeremiah 9 and 10, it's interesting because we get that in Tarshish, silver, iron, tin, and lead were all mined. This is rather specific, and it just so happens that all those ancient mines, and they are ancient ones, not current ones, ancient ones can be found in Great Britain. And further to this, Britain has historically been a major maritime, military, and trading power, and as you will know, she has an empire. But some people have tried to say, well, it's Spain, it's this one. It's not Spain, all right? Now, how do we know it's not Spain? And there's, not a, there's no, no mistaking this. Isaiah 60, verse 9, tells us that in the latter days, Tarshish would assist in the Jews returning to their land. And it's amazing when you look at history, because this is um, exactly what England did through the capturing of the Holy Land in World War I, and then the Balfour Declaration, and if it were not for the acts, uh, the you know the actions of the British, the Jews would not be back in the land. Almighty God uh, rules among the nations, and He knew that it would be the case. So it is the case. But Britain had a key role in the Jews returning to Israel. You put all the list together. I mean, we could go further probably, but you put all that list together, and you can hum and high. You can, go, but when you get down to the list of metals that have to be mined there, and the fact that they helped the Jews go back. It doesn't. Uh, it, it it's it. Spain no, and no one else is going to fulfill that uh, list either. But it goes further. I mean, we will go further, because Britain, the role it plays in taking the Bible around the world is key, because um, when you come to Jeremiah thirty-one and verse ten, the prophecy says. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. It's beautiful. This message, as as it says, this message had to be declared in the isles afar off. And who does it? Who is the one that does it? It's Britain, because she takes the English Bible to her empire, and so the word of the Lord goes forth. And amazingly, when the people read the Bible... They see the promise of the Jewish return, and they actually begin uh, to look for it and pray for it, and ultimately, with God's help, make it happen. You go look at the history of some of the prime ministers of Israel, and some of those uh, trying to make it happen. A lot of those ones were influenced by the reading of the Bible, which is, uh, which is incredible. So, the, you know, God sends his word out, and the result is that people read it, and they uh, actually end up fulfilling uh, what he said would happen. And so... I'm going to point out, we're not making this up after the fact, because a Bible student named John Thomas saw Britain as Tarshish and wrote of their role in the return of the Jews in 1849 in the book Elpis Israel, and he pens the following. I know not whether the men who at present contrive the foreign policy of uh, Britain, those that are putting it together, entertain the idea of assuming the sovereignty of the Holy Land and of promoting its colonization by the Jews, 
I love it. He says, their present intentions, however, are of no importance one way or the other, because they will be compelled by events soon to happen to do what, under existing circumstances, heaven and earth could combine, could uh, not move them to attempt. I th- I think that's incredible because John John Thomas comes along. He reads he reads uh, the prophecies of Tarshish. He sees that it's going to be Britain. As he puts the pieces together, and uh, and and he writes that of their work to do with the Jews. So he can see Tarshish, you know, being Britain without even the actions of uh, uh, with the Jewish nation at that point. But he was very clear in it, and it's come. And what he's written is uh, is directly. Is directly come to pass. Not that he himself is, you know, is uh, is has Holy Spirit gifts or anything, but simply reads the Bible, reads the prophecies as you and I can do it, and uh, and sees it. And so, if Britain and her empire Tarshish and the young lions, it's no surprise. Um, in fact, we would expect it to be the case that we find them as allies supporting Saudi Arabia today. This is the case, and in fact, many are furious because of all of the high-profile executions. Here in Canada, there's an arms deal uh, worth $15 billion that uh, people would like them to cancel. Uh, but the government has simply come out and said, what is, what's done is done, and the contract is not something we will re- uh, that we will revisit. And it's the same story in Britain. It's now in the news about the Saudi police being trained by the British, and again, billions of dollars of arms sales. The point is that whether folks like it or not, God's prophecies thousands of years ago said it would be the case that these nations would work together and be allies. And it's, quite frankly, completely incredible. Well, as far as the king of the south is concerned, the ships of Tarshish are broken by an east wind in Psalm 48 and verse 7. A psalm looking forward to the future when Jerusalem is, again, the joy of the earth and the city of the great king. Britain did help the Jews in beginning in the beginning, but tragically... She turns her back on them in their greatest hour of need as they uh, were trying to escape Nazi Germany. And it does not seem that she uh, escapes the future judgments of God. That being the case, when we come to Ezekiel 39, verse 1, it's who is the one that's against Gog? Who's against Gog? Gog uh, of Ezekiel 38. It says in 39, verse 1, it's the Lord God who is against Gog. Daniel 12 tells us that it is Michael who stands up and saves Israel and takes on the role of the king of the south. Michael means who like El. It's prophetic language. Is it Michael the archangel, some people think? I don't think so. El, we say, well, okay, who like El? Who is like El? Well, who is like El? The Lord Jesus Christ was like his father, so much so that he could say in John 14, 9, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And we too are told in Philippians to have the same mind of Christ. Paul writes, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Michael is representative of those who are like God. Simply put, Christ and those that are raised in Daniel chapter 12 and 2, and found to be wise and wise with a godly wisdom. This is a group that becomes the king of the south. And we find them in Habakkuk 3 and 3, incredible prophecy, coming from none other than Teman and Paran, which are locations to the south of Jerusalem. And if we look at verse 12 and 13 of that chapter, we have the judgment of the nations and God going forth for the salvation of thy people. 
even for the salvation it says um, with even for the salvation with thine anointed this is the same time that we read of in Ezekiel 38 and 39 when the nations are smashed on the mountains of Israel so the king of the south is different powers uh, at different times that's been fulfilled by different nations but the role ultimately in the end the power that's in the south that comes up to save uh, to save the children of Israel is Christ and those judge worthy who will become the power that, as Joel chapter 3 says, save God's heritage Israel. The nations are aligning today just as the prophecies have said they would. And the question is, are we prepared? Are we preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ? It's a question I ask myself. You see this thing, you see these things, you, you turn on the news And all of a sudden, you don't have Saudi Arabia and Iran, best of friends. It's just not the case. We're getting close to the time of the end, and the nations are aligning in this north-south way that that we've expected. And we could talk about the northern nations getting together and have done on other programs, as we said, on uh, on the Bible magazine. It's incredible. These things are all coming to pass, as people like John Thomas and others expected uh, over 100, 150 years ago. So we are living in incredible times, and that's the question I ask myself. Am I getting myself ready? That's why God gives us these prophecies, so that we can be prepared. He doesn't give them just so we can, oh, wow. It's so that we can prepare ourselves. So, thanks for joining us, and come again next week to BibleInTheNews.com, because you can be sure the Bible will be in the news again. Thanks. Thanks.